What's up, people? It's your boy, Lucky. And to my left, it's... Kev. Yeah, there you go. Sorry you didn't see me pointing at you. <laughs> I, uh... Yeah, we, uh... We have a little... Someone... Well, someone I've really wanted to talk about for quite some time. We're going to talk a little bit of, uh... Nikola Tesla and his rumored death ray. I, uh... I know many people aren't necessarily familiar with Nikola Tesla, and that's, honestly, that's a fucking shame, because Tesla was a fucking genius. He really was. That's, he was one of the first people to actually conceive a, a, an idea that could have gave the world free energy. Yeah, that was one of the more interesting avenues that my research led me down was the, his whole concept of free energy and using the Earth's crust sort of as a conduit for that energy to span the globe. Uh, yeah, Tesla, someone that you learn about a little bit in school, but you don't really get the full, the full effect of him and uh, something that I think... Uh, most people today associate the name with a car, yeah. Um, and and that is a, a bit of a shame because he he was a great mind. It, there are a lot of he, there are the discreditors in the Tesla world will talk about his belief in aliens and and sort of other different ideas that they thought he had that were sort of a little too out there. But there was a logical backing for almost every idea that he put forth, and this. This death ray is an interesting one because he marketed it, for lack of a better term, as a peace ray. Yeah. Uh, which it just goes to show you sort of what we do as people, doesn't it? Uh, you can come up with a concept of uh, a utility that maybe is initially used for farming and harvesting, and the next thing you know, someone's going to find a way to weaponize it. Um, uh, I feel with almost any invention today, that's usually where things go. Is well, how do we make this a weapon? Yeah. Um, so uh, that that's usually the first step in uh, actually a lot of uh, engineering revolution is what what weaponized thing can this be implemented into, or how can this become a weaponized thing that is implemented? And that's it's really funny. Because yeah, I mean that's it's it was it was called the death ray, um, and the uh, Tesla death beam or the Tesla particle beam, but Tesla saw it as a as a peace ray, that essentially it would have been what nuclear weapons are today, you know the quote unquote deterrent, the nuclear deterrent, that. If one nation launches a nuclear weapon, the other nation will respond in kind, and it'll just, it's mutually, mutual assured destruction, you know, mutual self-destruction, and the, the whole concept of the peace ray was that it could take down, what was it, it was, it was something ridiculous, I, I one of the uh, numbers I saw was that it had the power to destroy ten thousand airplanes from two hundred and fifty miles away, and that is just fucking mind blowing. And the whole idea was instead of an iron curtain going up around nations, this invisible death ray would be patrolling the skies, making well essentially making warfare obsolete in Tesla's mind, that nobody would want to send planes because they're just going to get shot down. Yeah, and that that was how he pitched it, and I want to say it was a, a New York Times article where he first announced that he had this, and... That's actually the article I quoted. It was, um, yes, um, so he... It was an article from the uh, New York Times, 1943. That was where I got those numbers from. 
So he, w w something that Tesla was doing towards the end of his life was, uh, was the sort of um, yearly, at least, uh, he was doing these like birthday sort of interviews, uh, mm -hmm. according to a, a source that I found, um, and it was um, one of these. Yeah, he so he he mentioned this idea that he could disable uh, a, a plane essentially by by killing the pilot and crashing the plane down that way mm -hmm. and so the idea for those who don't understand what the, what we're talking about here with a death ray with a particle beam the the concept would be um, to give it a really basic and very general sort of understanding uh, without digging it uh, digging into things too deeply off of the cuff it's essentially it would be like microwaving so what you would do what this particle beam could do would would boil someone's blood inside their body and and sort of, and, and kill them that way um, particle beams are used um, they're they're great cutting tools a particle beam oh, yeah. can cut through a diamond uh, particle beams can turn steel into vapor uh, so there's a lot of different functions you can use particle beams to navigate uh, for instance you could use it even if you didn't want to use it to take a plane down you could use it to find out where a plane is and how fast it's going just by yeah. sending the beam out and having it re deflect uh things like that so it has a, a low lot, level frequency yeah. it has a lot of functions yes um and this was another thing which on another bad dinner guest episode someday in the future we'll have to go into different things uh, other of tesla's ideas but the, this death ray one was very interesting also because of the timing Oh um, yeah, which I guess I took the long way to get there, but that's one of the things I wanted to talk about was the timing. Um, this happening uh, in the waning years of, of his life, um, this getting brought up, and you know him dying around in World War Two, and mm -hmm. what happened to his notes, and where they've come from, and where what maybe was done with this uh, with this particle beam, this death ray. Uh, That's actually a very interesting question. Did did you find the uh, agency that was responsible for taking his uh, well his scientific research? My my research led pointed all fingers at the FBI. Um, did you what did you find? The FBI's Office of Alien Property. Yep. Yep. Which I had no fucking clue existed before I started this research. The Office of Alien Fucking Property. Just, I'm just gonna let that sink in for a moment. The Office of Alien Property. The FBI has an Office of Alien Property. What in the actual fuck? And we're not supposed to believe that aliens exist? Well, I mean... I, I have to... Sorry to jump down that rabbit hole. Well, I have to be the, the stick in the mud that's going to point out the, the the first hole that will get poked into that is the idea that Nikola Tesla was from... Um, Nikola Tesla was was a foreigner. Yep. So... Serbian immigrant. Exactly. So the office, the Department of Alien, uh, it, could, it could essentially be being used in that sense. Um, that... Because Tesla was then, by that definition, could be considered an alien, or that you know his his uh, property needed to be sent back home. Uh, so, yes, I see where you're going with it. I had to bring the the yeah, but to that conversation, um, just to be that guy. Uh, we have to maintain uh, an open an open mind here and, and, we do. and keep that keep that in mind so uh, I was looking for do, do you have I cannot remember it was while we're discussing this it's it's relevant to bring up Tesla's nephew who at the time had suspected ties to a Yugoslavian uh, communist party who was sort of at the very least was the scapegoat for the reasoning behind uh, you know the reason that the government came through and swooped all of his notes was because you know the, the Russians had their eyes on this particle beam right and um, we were trying to keep Tesla's notes out of 
the enemy hands. enemy hands. I mean, people forget that the Nazis had the Vril and de Glocka. They had all these weird occult. They had their their supposed time machine. They had their oh, Nazi the UFOs. Yeah, um, and their trips down to Antarctica and. Or allegedly through the earth, depending on who you talk to. Yes, so there are tons of different conspiracies revolving that Nazi regime and and what sort of things that they were into scientifically. So there was a big scare there at that point that uh, a man like Tesla, you would not want his notes and his ideas, especially if he had sent out, which uh, reports show that he had sent out... um, uh, test results and just sort of a layout a plan for his right. defense beam what he referred to as an invisible great wall uh, like China's great wall oh yeah um, to France and England and Russia he sent this out to a handful of, of countries it was right. essentially the uh, superpowers before the World War two and and so there's there's that reasoning so did you do you recall the uh, the nephew's name that so I don't but I do remember who, you, like, I remember reading about who you talked about, and that's, it's funny that they, that they were afraid of not only the research getting into other people's hands, but the technology itself. The technology that Tesla had already uh, developed, and that uh, there are reports out of Russia that the Russian government was actually already developing technology to be, uh, well, to counteract the Tesla effect. You know, that's, it's, it's fucking nuts that here we have this rumored death ray in another country, it was trying to find ways around it, or whatever. And that's... I know I'm gonna butcher this fucking word, or this location, I should say. The, uh... Tunguska event at, uh... Podkamenya Tunguska River in Siberia, Russia. It is... Actually, I'm gonna back up just for a moment for... Uh, anyone who wants to check this thing out, T-U-N-G-U-S-K-A event. Um, that's how you spell it if you want to, you know, go and look into it. But what I found was that this Tunguska effect or event was an explosion in Siberia, uh, in Siberia, Russia. And there's a... Okay, granted, when you get into the world of conspiracies, there's usually a a thread of many threads that, you know... That's like, you know, when I hear about a conspiracy theory, I'll try to rationalize what the ones that I've heard already or come up with my own kind of like, oh, well, maybe it was this. Or maybe it was that concept. And, you know, try to critically think about, you know, what the information that's being presented to me. Or, you know, use the information that I already have. And two of the great conspiracy theories involving Tesla and this death ray to this Tungunsta effect, or event, is that... Um, people actually think it was Tesla, like, practice firing this, this beam cannon, and it was supposed to land somewhere in the, uh, North Pole, but he allegedly miscalculated and it hit somewhere, well, in Siberia, Russia, and that... Uh, this this event was actually classified as a um, as an impact event, like a uh, meteor or a comet type, you know. 
thing. And it's funny because of the fact that there's no crater. Well, you know, if a meteorite hit, you know, there's supposed to be a crater, right? None. None whatsoever. And this blast was fucking immense. And I don't have any numbers to, to, to throw out off the top of my head, but the, uh, the photos of this show a very wide-scale just destruction. Trees are leveled for about two to three miles, I think. Based off of what like the the uh, vi- uh, pictures I saw, yeah, it's tough to it's tough to guess the distance because you don't know how far away the pictures are are taken. But yeah, it is. It's just a flat, almost perfect circle circular patch of grass. Yeah, amongst uh, what otherwise is a very uh, thick forest, uh, very dense. So. I do want to, while you're looking that up, I needed to, uh, I've been wanting to jump in here just to point out, um, to correct something I left hanging a few, Mm. several minutes ago in relation to what we had been talking about, which was the, the government reach into taking Tesla's notes. Um, the nephew that I referenced was Sava Kasanovic, so I, I wanted people to know that, um, we weren't just making up stories about nephews, um, in 1952... Tesla's nephew, again, Sava Kosanovic, um, got the entire, got Tesla's entire estate shipped to Belgrade in 80 trunks, um, and then in 1957, he was able to acquire his uncle's ashes, so that same uncle, uh, that same nephew who was allegedly Tesla despised anyway, right. um, was after, uh, immediately went to, in search of, of Tesla, uh, as he heard of his uncle's passing in, in search of uh, his notes and things like that and found them gone already. So that was sort of one of the, which is something we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll dive deeper into that later. I just wanted to make sure I took a second to correct what, what I left hanging out there. So you have found uh, what you were looking for for the oh, Tunguska event. Yes. yes. Okay. Back to Tunguska. This explosion event flattened 2,000 kilometers squared, or 770 square miles of forest. Hot damn. That is a very sizable chunk of land. That's fucking nuts. I can't even think of, like... (laughs) I legitimately can't think of, like, a comparison to be like, Oh, that's like the size of Hawaii. No, that's bigger than the size of Hawaii, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) So yeah, that's to to I. I'm usually somebody who has a uh, a hard time believing the quote unquote. Uh, oh man, I the official story. Do I think that it was this death beam? Not necessarily. I lots of things happen that are you know that are unexplainable in life, you know, that's, that's kind of the bitch of life that, you know, we're, we're smart enough to understand that something happened, but we're not necessarily quite smart enough to figure out the how, or even a why, or get over the necessarily the fact that there isn't necessarily a why, that shit just happens. Yes, that, that is also a possibility worth noting. And... The, uh, one of the quick little, uh, one of the quick little, uh, eyewitness events, when the meteorite fell, strong tremors in the ground were observed, and near the Lovat village of the Kansk used, two strong explosions were heard, as if from large caliber activity. Our, our artillery, sorry, um, and on the 17th of June, 
Around 9 a.m. in the morning, we observed an unusual natural occurrence in the North Kerlinski village, 200 verst north of Kerensk. Uh, the peasants, this, this is a severe newspaper, July 2nd, 1908. We observed an unusual natural occurrence in the North, uh, blah, 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 the peasants saw to the Northwest rather, high above the horizon, some strangely bright, impossible to look at, bluish-white heavenly body, for which ten minutes moved downward. The, the body appeared as a pipe, i.e. a cylinder, and the sky was cloudless. Only a small dark cloud was observed in the general direction of the bright body. It was hot and dry, as the body neared the ground, the forest, the bright body seemed to smudge and turned into a giant billow of black smoke and loud knocking. Not thunder was heard, as if large stones were following or artillery was fired. All buildings shook at the same time the cloud began emitting flames of uncertain shapes. All villagers were stricken with panic and took to the streets. Women cried, thinking it was the end of the world. Um, the author of these lines was in the forest about six and a half kilometers north of Kerensk and heard to the northeast some kind of artillery barrage that repre repeated in intervals of 15 minutes at least 10 times. In Kerensk, in a few buildings, the walls were in the, uh, in a few buildings, the walls facing northeast the glass window pane shook and there's just there's a lot of eyewitness accounts that just go on reinforcing that and that to me that doesn't sound anything like a comet well I will always be one to note the inaccuracy of an eyewitness account True. Um, the eyewitness account is a... It's a cruel mistress, because you can use an eyewitness account when it benefits your story, and then when you have an eyewitness account that doesn't benefit your story, then it is easy and convenient to point out that we as humans have a bad problem with memory. We do. Um, and we have a selective memory, and we choose to remember things a certain way, and there are times when... Um, we have to recognize the concept that what what vision actually is, and I know you've talked about this, we, we plan on doing a different episode completely just about essentially living in the past and the time it takes for light to travel to your eyes, mm -hmm. and uh, the you know, sort of the idea that what happens is light is received by your eyeballs, it goes through your brain, your brain processes, and then you see the image before you, so what happens when you see something that you can't explain, is it not possible that the brain sort of changes it for you to put it into a context that you, where your processors can actually process it? Completely so, plausible. Um, so those are just, of course, me being the stick in the mud that I am. I have to kind of just throw these things out there as far as um, well, oh, eyewitness yeah, stuff yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think that it in any way even um, discredits uh, the thought... Uh, that something, something weird went on here. That probably, and it, I don't think uh, to to me, the lack of a crater is enough to say that um, there something couldn't have struck here, because if it had, you know, we've seen how long craters last. I mean, that's not something that right. been that not something where you could fly over today and be like, oh well, I mean, just naturally, unless right. someone went in and just covered it and then planted grass seed. Right. You know, I don't see... That's a lot of work. That is a, that is just, yes, a ton of work. Um, so and, That's true. <laughs> and and to, to go along with the this conspiracy theory of the Russians potentially testing out a Tesla model, or that it being Tesla himself, uh, I, I, I found a quote in my research, because my research did lead me down those, those uh, at least one of those paths now, the research that I had found, for the most part, suggested that 
Tesla had claimed that he built one, but there right. wasn't a lot to it was substantiate. A, wasn't that a lot claim. to substantiate that claim, but th- this this same source pointed to the concept that uh, he wrote uh, the new art of projecting concentrated non-dispersive energy through the natural media in 1937. The same year in which, at a luncheon in his honor concerning this right this death ray, he was quoted as saying, quote, But it is not an experiment. I have built, demonstrated, and used it. Only a little time will pass before I can give it to the world. Um, so his records indicate that the device was based on a narrow stream of small tungsten pellets that are accelerated via high voltage. Um... And so he, the, that was his claim. That that is him saying, okay, I've built this already. But outside of that, you know, you don't have a lot of reports of seeing one or because he also reported that the people tried to steal this throughout this time. Uh, but he claimed that there was going to be no danger that his invention could be stolen because he at no point in time had put any of it on paper that right. he had. The blueprint for his Teleforce weapon was all upstairs in his brain, which either goes to credit his genius or goes to discredit the concept that he actually had something built here. Um, right. With that in mind, so I, I mentioned briefly uh, and, and went away from for a moment the new art of projecting concentrated non-dispersive energy through the natural media, which is a really long title. For those of you listening who... Uh, are thinking of writing short stories someday, maybe don't make your stuff that long. Uh, <laughs> right? That's one thing. Uh, Tesla was a genius, but uh, he did, didn't have a great way of grasping you with the titles of his work. But, you know, we, we, we can't be... None of us can be 100%, right? We all have to have flaws somewhere. So, the longest title in the world was uh, T- Tesla's published document as an attempt to... Um, get a description of this super weapon that could put an end to all war out to some of the superpowers that may have interest in it. Right. Um, he sent this... He, he sent this, what, what do we call it, a treaties, um, to the U.S. He sent it to the United Kingdom, the Soviet Union, Yugoslavia. Uh, some articles said France as well. Um, so he, he sent this out to a number of people in hopes that... One of his issues was, at this point in his life, he was broke. Yeah. Um, he was not going to be able to fund what he needed to build this kind of weapon. He uh, The reports were that he approached J.P. Morgan for funding for this. Um, we both saw research that said that Tesla had already burned J.P. Morgan at one point in his life. Um, we can... that. That's an episode for another time, but oh, that just, is just briefly so the audience knows the what we're talking about and, and can look into it for themselves. Lou mentioned at the beginning of the episode the Free Energy Project, and yeah. so some of my research led me to a story about J.P. Morgan funding a. Um, well, in a moment here, when I pass it to Lou, I will look up. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. I'll come back with the name of this program that was funded by J.P. Morgan. Uh, with Morgan thinking that what he was getting was essentially a cell phone tower, uh, yeah. What wireless communication was J.P. Morgan's goal, right? Uh, and at, that eventually, and yeah, Lou, Lou can verify. We through different sources we came across this same story. Um, that once J.P. Morgan realized that what Tesla was actually building was uh, a machine to help implement his theory of free energy across the world, that that is when the funding was pulled yep. um, f- on this. Um, do you have anything that you wanted to add to that, um, yes. that little caveat? Yes, that's, that's actually one of the uh, biggest things during his life was the fact that at this point in time, he was directly competing against Edison in that they were trying to develop power, different sources of power. We were at a a crux in our, uh, well, we were at a turning point in our Industrial Revolution 
and we we're getting to this point where we're building all these machines that require power and now we're trying now then they were trying to figure out the best way to power these machines and that's where you had the biggest struggle of his life AC versus DC alternating current or direct current and that's where he uh, electrocuted the elephant because supposedly Edison's way was more safe and he was trying to disprove that we also have the uh, you're very right with JP Morgan pulling the funding was that the way that Tesla described it to him was that you know wireless and instant communication anywhere but he failed to mention we would have to have these towers in place for that transmission to go through and those towers at the same time would be generating the free energy yes and and so um the name that had slipped uh, my mind for this this was the warden cliff warden cliff tower also known as the tesla tower um and you can find pictures of it uh image pictures of it from 1904 uh so this was a real thing that was that was existed that was part of that time so i just wanted to throw that in there uh the name had escaped me definitely but for those that think uh, that I've never heard of this is definitely something worth looking into. It really is. That's if if I know this this medium leaves a little uh, little to be desired as far as visual stimulation goes. Just to give you an idea of what this looks like, think like a toned down Eiffel Tower with a mushroom cap on top. And the other interesting part of it is that it, there is a one-story building built around the base of it. Mm-hmm. So it's just essentially sticking up through this, this what would really look almost like an old schoolhouse or just a normal office yeah. building that, appear, that appears to have a very small courtyard in the center of it, which this building sticks through. Either that or it was just a small flat building with this built on the roof. That's the problem with a non-aerial photo from 1904 is it's a little difficult to see exactly what was going on with this tower but so that um that i i went a little off the the topic here just to point out um uh, it's it's some relevant backstory though when you think of this whole idea of why uh when you're asking the question as to why did tesla decide to um send out this information regarding his peace beam to these different countries at this time. So in order to tell this story, you have to have some of the background information, and that is a big piece. I mean, he couldn't get funding from anywhere. He had already burned uh, previous funders. His biggest backer. Yeah, his his biggest, yeah, he he burned his biggest backer. Where else was he going to go? And there were several reports that of the, the majority... Interest really died down on this, and a lot of that is timing, because as you mentioned, this was brought to the world's attention by Tesla to his best of his ability in the late 1930s, so right. really, the timing really was perfect, really, if he had been a couple of years earlier, he potentially made it, might have stopped Hitler, um, yeah. or, you know, just, just think about that, uh, Pearl Harbor may not have happened, but what happened is... Wow. We were so close to, um, just think about that, yeah, um, you know, no 9-11, none of the, you know, if Tesla hadn't right. succeeded, but what happened was, we were so close to war that there really wasn't time, you know, who who could take the time to develop this idea in the middle of a war? Well, and that's, you also have to, you also have to figure that a lot of people that were making money at that time, our involvement in the war didn't come until the 40s. The war had been, the European theater had been extensively going through it before that point. We were already developing tanks and things for, for the European theater. 
And then you also have to factor in, too, what Japan was doing almost on the opposite side of the world in China. So, she was all sorts of fucked up. I mean, that's when, when, when this allegedly came into the public light, we were already looking at the nuclear deterrent, essentially. And, and I think that's sort of what, what happened, because what you find is that, uh, un- unfortunately, whether it be from, and, and it's wor- this is worth mentioning, it, it could be simply because the notes were looked at, or just no one, no one believed it. Um, there are those out there who will stick to the argument that Tesla was more of a confidence man than anything. Yeah. He was sort of a, a snake charmer. Uh, that he was a master manipulator just as much as he was a scientist. They would say, you know, he's a good scientist, but what he was better at was spinning a web. Um, so I I tend to be somewhere in the middle. Um, I, I, I think that um, his work speaks for itself at some point, but I think you can't be that creative and that smart without being a little crazy. Uh, so I, oh, you know, yeah. I don't want to sit here and pick apart one theory or the other, but I, you know, I think there were definitely some hits and misses, oh, and that's yeah. not meant to be of any detriment. That's that's how we we need to look at ourselves more realistically. That's how everyone is. Oh um, yeah, we all swing and miss here and there, uh, but this this concept uh, allegedly was really only picked up by the Russians. Now, a mm-hmm. re- report that I came across said that he actually received payment for some of his notes from the Russians that they actually were uh, at least attempting to put this weapon to use, which goes to the... No, I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. The Tung- Tungesta? Uh, Tunguska. Yeah, Tunguska. And that's, that's where I fall on it. I think it was the Russians doing something, trying to recreate a Tesla experiment. And, and that's... Of those two ideas, that's where I would tend to have to lean to it, um... Uh, it, it, if if that were to end up being the official explanation for why that happened, that wouldn't surprise me. Right. Um, not that we'll ever get that story. So oh his, God, no. His we death, don't even get stories from our own government. Right. We're not gonna get. Yeah. There's uh, a lot. There'd be a lot of stories to cover before we get to that one. So speaking of weird stories, and uh, yeah. that's a good segue. The other. <laughs> no, it's not, because I always use speaking of. Oh. Um, <laughs> Tesla's death. So we both ran into another similar problem. One of the cool things about these episodes is uh, Lou and I do our research separately. Yes. Uh, with the intent being we don't want to just sit here and agree with each other the entire time and, and feed you, the audience, just a, a pre-thought-out, predetermined story. We do our own research. We see what matches uh, see where we contradict each other and the stuff that matches. If that tends to sound logical and reasonable, then usually that's the stuff we tend to try to stick to. Um, <laughs> and one one of the what we found when we did this research was not a lot of not a lot of relap. There was a lot of uh, details here and there that seemed to be off. I had I heard. Um, a presentation where someone tried to say that um, Tesla, well, they they spent this they spent they spun the story as Tesla at twenty eight went to work for Edison. Edison uh, he was disgusted by Edison, and then after a few a few months quit, and then ten years later he died in his hotel room. So I sat there and watched a video that essentially claimed that Tesla died at forty, right in the nineteen forties. You know, got the, got almost all of it right, but like missed that major detail. And then, so, but the death, the, the death day in general was the one that kind of blew my mind that we, we both ran into conflicting The man mired reports. in so much controversy. Right, and the, the, they can't seem to settle on what day he actually died. Right. I mean, that's, because we, we watched a video earlier and they said the 7th, and that's, I found... The eighth or the twelfth of January. Excuse me, nineteen forty-three. If you just listen to what we say and don't do your own research, then you're probably a person who uses Wikipedia as a source. So it's worth pointing out that Wikipedia claims that he died on January seventh, 
Yeah. So that's another one. I mean, yeah, we've heard the 7th, the 8th, the 12th. I've heard uh, it was reported on the 7th, but he really actually died on the 8th. It was just later reported. You know, I... Which fuels what? even bigger conspiracy theories that how are you reporting on the death of somebody before they fucking died? Well, and that goes into uh, sort of a whole... Uh, if, if you want to chase that conspiracy rabbit, it would be sort of was was Tesla murdered to keep this uh, so so that no one else could have access because that was the thing that sort of would make Tesla dangerous was if he had these ideas and he was able to make these things happen and he was the only one with this knowledge then he has ultimate control over who gets that knowledge and if you've done enough research on your American history you will learn whether you want to paint as good guy or bad guy you will learn that America does not really like to not be the one that has the information yeah uh, that, that and that's not even just an, an American thing that's really right. just in no, no one wants to be in a position where they don't at the very least have the information and everyone would love to be in a position where they control the outflow of that information. Um, Knowledge look, is power. Right. And and when we lose control of things, like look for instance as a, this is um, uh, this isn't the best parallel, but I use for instance uh, the Cuban Revolution. Okay. Whereas sort of America before Cuban's revolution, uh, the Cuban Revolution before the Spanish-American War, America had this deal with Spain that said, look, you can own Cuba but if you sell it to anyone that's not us, then we will immediately declare war on you, just based on Cuba's proximity to the United States. So, again, this is a, it's not a great parallel for what we're talking about in the sense of what Tesla had information-wise, but it is a good parallel in the instance of this is how the United States handled American uh, interest, national yeah. interest, and their own uh, protection around this time, because what we're looking at is a similar... Um, what we're looking at Spanish America, we're looking at a difference of what 40, 50 years here, as far as how we handled ourselves and, and how much we, how how we looked into um, looking after American interests. So, oh yeah. Uh, I do not adhere to the idea. At least I haven't seen enough to suggest to me that Tesla was murdered. Uh, I haven't chased that rabbit yet. Uh, I haven't. So I haven't found any evidence to that. Neither have um, I. I'm sure there's a conspiracy theory out there somewhere about a fly in an ice cube or some shit. That that's honestly for another date and time. Um, that's, but it's it's very true what what you're saying about our foreign uh, diplomacy and how it's it's either us or you're fucked. There's, there's no generally mutual beneficial relationship. It seems that's look at there have been inventors that have invented things, and the government just comes in and steals their shit and blackballs them. That's part of the McCarthyism um, of uh, the communist scourge. You know, blackballing people in society to stop them from furthering research they, they they would that the smear campaign has been around for decades and centuries in this country and our it's, it's funny but it's I was talking about this with my uncle and I was like you know we went from enslaving people in this country to attempting to, to enslave the world and that's like you know you look at jobs that are over here in America that get outsourced, you know, the factory jobs that get outsourced. Like, you know, if me or you were making Nikes in this country, we'd be getting paid 15 to $18 an hour. We'd have benefits, we all that shit. But they outsource it to China and give the kids like a dollar a day. I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I'm confused as to how we got here from, <laughs> Fair from where we were. It's just, it's, it's, our diplomacy has always been a fuck you, we're better. 
This is what happens when you listen to too much Ground Zero, folks. Yes. Um. <laughs> but it's true. We 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 have we have a deplorable track record. Okay. When Hillary. it comes to suppressing knowledge and innovation in this country, especially when that goes against the agenda. Okay, so to to bring it back towards the topic at hand today, what you're what you're. I, I get what you're saying. Yes, there is a, there is definitely, an alternate history. There, there is a history there that m- many people don't know about uh, things, uh, things of that nature of um, people looking after their own interest in certain inventions, uh, not getting put through or whatever because uh, of of big interest. So. Uh, to continue to play that devil's advocate and and to just throw one more interesting fact about the possibility of you know a Tesla murder to cover up or at least to make sure that he didn't give his information to anyone else, the ruled cause of death for Nikola Tesla was a coronary thrombosis say that any times fast <laughs> coronary thrombosis which essentially leads to a heart attack so long story short Tesla was allegedly died of a heart attack uh, in his hotel room stop me when you've heard this story before um, right so so there how many how many people have uh, the Clintons known that they were going to testify against them and that happened to them uh, well, uh, te- I do believe that at no point in time Tesla was lifting weights and and crushed his own throat. But yes, yeah, so he died of the uh, you know the good old heart attack. So conspiracy theorists have fun with that one. Um, but yeah, so we we don't really know what what happened here. Uh, one thing that. I wanted to mention, I don't really have a lot left as far as uh, new light to bring towards this topic. Uh, the official story is that the files were pulled from, from Tesla's apartment mm-hmm. and then were eventually shipped off, um, I believe it was to Yugoslavia. Um, it might have been actually... Um, let me see here. I think I got that potentially wrong he were shipped off to uh yeah Belgrade and anyway so something an interesting side of it that in my research was was pointed up pointed out to me and uh I didn't really have an answer for the question it was you know remember we 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 may not remember we were either not born or not really old enough to understand when the Star Wars era was mm-hmm. going on, and I'm not referring to the George Lucas opera, but when Reagan had the idea for you know this military defense system, essentially that these lasers that could shoot down right. uh, weapons, so we put a lot of money into this Star Wars program, and to my knowledge, I don't ever remember any sort of confirmation. Uh, again, this this was something. I still have to go do my research uh, when we sat down to, to look at one topic and next thing you know, especially with a guy like right. Tesla, a bunch of other little things start popping up that you don't have time to get to right in that moment because you're trying to research for this one episode. Um, but total failure. The concept of uh, was Reagan's did, did Reagan's Star Wars idea, did it come to fruition? Was it a success? And was it possibly a success due to the information we already had. Was Reagan's Star Wars mission, was it just did they just build Tesla's machine? Is that what, you know, that is one of the theories that has been thrown out there, that Star Wars was completed successfully and that what they did was they took Tesla's particle beam and they made it a reality and then decided not to tell us about it. Uh, but my, usually my, my theory on that one would be whenever I see a government talk about something, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and then all of a sudden they, they seem stop to talking forget about it. about it. Yeah. I don't 
tend to buy that the idea is that they succeeded and they don't want us to know about it. Why'd they spend a all billions this time? and billions of dollars? Yeah, if you, well they they spend billions and billions of dollars in secret whenever they want. Oh, yeah. Why are you telling us about it if when it succeeds you're going to just hush up about it's it? It's funny so. that you mentioned that because there were excuse me, a handful of incidents where Allegedly, meteorites or th- other things blew up over cities in the past 30 or 40 years. And popular conspiracy theory is that that was actually the Star Wars system shooting down missiles. Really? Yeah. That that could be, or even just the Star Wars like missiles the one in shooting down asteroids. Yeah. Like, if it's there... And if you're telling me <clears throat> you can have this rubble rain down on a city and have a lot of minor damage, uh, 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 instead of a hurtling ball come crashing through skyscrapers and give us our whole uh, Armageddon Independence Day moment, um, I think that's essentially part of what that weapon was built for. So oh, yeah. This has opened... Uh, we've opened a bit of a... Pandora's box. Yeah, another one here, yeah, because... This makes me want to talk about uh, the alleged the CIA heart attack gun, which we uh, I'm I'll have to go up I'll have to scrounge a file for for myself for for our viewing. There's actually a CIA hearing in the 70s where they show this little gun that is oh, supposed shit. to actually what it does is it shoots like this little ice dart that penetrates your skin and then melts and then you get this chemical inside you that will cause a heart attack and will kill you. Um, so I want I, I want to look into a potential link from Tesla's original theory, which again was meant as sort of a tower defense system. Right. Um, could it possibly have been turned into? Because we hear things like uh, particle knives that are used for surgeries that are used that can um, that can take an artery and seal it shut um, yeah. and so if you can take this big concept and, and narrow it down for something like that could you not also have sort of a pocket just think about those little um, laser pointers what, yeah. if you, what if you had a laser pointer that when you pointed it at someone you were actually boiling the blood underneath them uh, and so all it took was a well-placed laser point, and you could actually kill anyone yeah. you wanted. Like at you any put point it on their temple or something like that. Yeah. So I I want to kind of look into. There's a lot of conspiracies around what weapons uh, some of our alphabet agencies may or may not have. Oh there's yeah. There's a common understanding amongst those who don't see things for what they are that recognize and realize that there's a big gap between the technology that we perceive that we have and what our military and government and places like NASA actually have access to. We are we are behind big time. Um, oh yeah, the civilian side of the market. Yes, I look I look at things like uh, people want to make the argument they want to use Star Trek as a good as a good one. Look at uh, look at science fiction. Look at guys like HG HG Wells who before he was a sci-fi writer was a member of British intelligence. Mm-hmm. And look at the things that they put out into the zeitgeist for you. Uh, for instance, Star Trek with with stuff like cell phones and yeah. video phones that not a mere 20 to 30 years later these shows are are predicting what could happen thousands and thousands of years in the future or in a well, long a long time ago in a galaxy far far away when in the reality they're only 20 years away from right here and right now when you look at it on that scale. It's funny that you put it that way because that's... Think of all the people that watched those shows and thought, man, that'll probably never happen in my lifetime. And 20 to 30 years later, you know, I mean, because cell phones weren't a 20... uh, after After the year 2000, they just got better and cooler. Right, I mean, yeah, just think about that. Think about the things you looked at as a child, like the Jetsons... Um, for instance, I you know I read a lot of Philip K. Dick in my uh, not early early youth, but late teenage years, early twenties. Still to this day, read a lot of sci-fi. Read read Ray Bradbury. Read a lot of sci-fi as a kid. So grew growing up with all of these concepts. Uh, with Star Wars, big fan. Again, that's like a generation that's been passed down from generations. So that's oh, even yeah. 
you know, my dad as a child or as a teenager is watching Star Wars and seeing it and thinking like, oh, these are some cool things that we will never ever see in our lifetimes. But what if the actuality is, is that these things exist and they are there in the private sector and whenever you get, because a lot of people don't know things like um, one of the reasons Kubrick was looked at as a genius was he was able to replicate a B-52. He was able to replicate a bomber having no access to them because normally when you're making a military-related film, you have to get the military's permission. Yep. So they get to approve how what things look like. So there's there's been... We already know that there's a bit of a connection there between Hollywood and the private sector. So who's to say that um, technologies aren't integrated that way? Like, hey, we have these cell phones where... You can look and because Tesla predicted these things. He predict, yeah. Tesla predicted smartphones and in video 1908. phones over a hundred years ago. So who's to say that 30, 40 years after that, using his notes and his ideas, that we didn't have it in the private sector and we didn't and certain people didn't choose to integrate the concept that these things would exist um, in through through our our mass media and through television. So that way, when 20, 30 years later, when they're ready for us to have it then here it is, we're used to it, it's right. been embedded in us, we've seen it as, and it's always in shows that talk about the future, Well, that's, and so you kind of accept, like, oh, this is part of my future, the TV yeah. told me this would happen. It's a how, bit of a caveat, How too. fortunate are we it happened so early? But, the like, just a quick, like, two or three things that you already mentioned, like, look at the laser, 20 to 50 years ago, that was, that was as big as a fucking filing cabinet, to produce a laser beam. Now they, they they can fit in your pocket. You put them on guns, handguns. You know it's crazy, and that's like the whole Star Wars initiative. How do we not know that that whole concept came from putting Tesla's death ray on a fucking satellite? Because that's that was a big part of the components of the whole. Star Wars program was the satellite integration of our defense systems. Yeah, and so I don't uh, when it comes to understanding what we're where we currently are, uh, I think it's it's very important to look at the history. And so when it comes to technology, there's always going to be this big mystery. Uh, hanging over it, uh, we don't, unless you are a scientist, unless you have the capacity and ability to to test these things for yourself and figure them out, you're always sort of just going to be at the whim of whoever is selling the technology to you, because I think we tend to forget that at times. Uh, we don't really know just because the newest phone out is the iPhone 7 doesn't mean that Apple doesn't have the iPhone 10 prototype made already. Um, we just sort of accept that, oh, this is the newest thing, this is the best that's out there, it's high grade, top of the line, because why wouldn't we be sold the best that's out there, the top of the line? But is it really that inconceivable to think that, well, no, the private sector and the military that spends trillions of dollars that, you know, maybe they have some versions of iPhones that we don't have yet. We can't even really fathom some of the things that these, these things might do. And I think in order to, to understand that, the only, the only way to have a chance at trying to figure out where that gap is and, and how wide it is, is to look at guys like Tesla and Edison even, um, and figure out some of the ideas that they had, um, and you have to kind of sort through them. For instance, Tesla had a theoretical invention, it, which was the thought camera, which he had uh, he, uh, this theoretical machine that would process your thoughts and, and, and put, output a, f a photograph of it. So uh, that is one that I don't think he was quite ready to do yet. So you, you, you will have to sift through some things. The man ha is credited with over 287 patents across the world over a number of di over a number of different countries. So right. you don't necessarily you can't accept them all, but you can look at the things that in 1908 or in 1890 that he 
was getting patents for or was at least putting out this concept of and then you kind of look and realize that okay well in 1940 we took the government agencies took all of this guy's notes and if one person I, I'm a firm believer that if one person has the capacity to think these things then there has got to be at least one other person on this earth that has thought through it and put some of the ideas towards it Definitely, I, I know we all like to think we're special and we are we all are special but I also sort of believe in that shared consciousness that there are too many unaccountable times where two people will come up with a very similar idea at opposite ends of the globe having no right. connection. I believe that we are more connected than we will ever understand. Um, but back to, I, I went a little, uh, went on a little tangent there. What I'm saying essentially is look at Tesla and see what he was what he was producing and what he was theorizing in his time and then look at where we are now and then you can sort of kind of work backwards kind of meet in the middle and try to figure out if if there is anything for us to find exactly where that gap is and how many years that you may think that we are behind i mean look at again things like space odyssey 2001 uh, thought to be above its time and, and all that good stuff and look at how accurate that was I mean look at that was supposed to be in you know 2001 and all that stuff and, and look at how many of those things we actually ended up having or at least have now uh, Back to the Future is another one mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more modern um, look at how close they were to getting the hoverboard thing right off yeah. by like a year or so you know I <laughs> I actually saw something that uh, that said that the whole hoverboard thing should technically be a year later because it was the events in the movie that accelerated their timelines. That's why they got it sooner. Fair enough, and that's, uh, again, that's another theory, another episode for it, a different day. I uh, But there are a ton of different little hints there it, mm -hmm. to show you that Potentially, there, there's got to be certain technologies that we don't know about, and that's just how it's always going to be. I mean, yeah. it, it, there's a reason that elected officials are elected officials. They're the ones that get trusted with this information. They don't trust you and me with it. Uh, based on how we've chosen to form our government, essentially, you people out there listening, you don't trust people like you and me with that information. Or we would have a different system. That um, and the president doesn't even have a top secret clearance. That's the other another thing is yeah people want to say well if I was president I'd disclose alien information. If you're president you might not know. Uh, you know if I was president I'd do this. Well if you're the president are you going to shut down the Fed? As a, you don't have any jurisdiction over no. the Fed as the president you can't do shit about shit. You so, really can't. Um, uh, before before we. Spin off, spin off into another hour talking about right. that sort of things. <clears throat> I do want to. Uh, I have. That's really all I've got for uh, for you guys today. As far as this Tesla death ray, I think it's a, an interesting topic. I can't wait to look into more Tesla topics and just get a better understanding. Um, he has his own theories about the secret meanings of the pyramids, which I'd love to talk about. His alleged communication with aliens or with the yeah. black the black knight satellite in which he was referring to different electromagnetic pulses and frequencies being uh, received by a device that he invented uh, in the same intervals always at the same time always from a source he claimed was from outside of earth um, his his allegation that Martians were alive and well on Mars stuff like that yeah um, and we've definitely got other topics from other shows coming out. I'm sure some of you guys have noticed. We have branched out, um, but we are going to definitely stay diligent and continue to put out Bad Dinner Guest episodes um, for your entertainment as well. Hell yeah. That's, you know, my, my two cents on the whole Tesla thing is Nikola Tesla is a man who is far beyond worthy of free time. Hey, I want to go and learn some stuff about somebody interesting. He fits the fucking bill to a T. 
The man was a genius far beyond his time, and it's a shame that we actually never truly got to necessarily, or I shouldn't say it that way, it's a shame that his genius wasn't necessarily recognized as it could have been. And definitely, you know, when you find yourself with some free time wanting to learn something, check him the fuck out. And uh, the other things to check out, um, Lou here will have more episodes of Lucky's Comic Talk up for you. There will be a new episode today and tomorrow, virtually every day. Um, it's it's not a and every every once in a while, um, uh, the our producer may take a day off. Uh, that may be uh, virtual daily episodes from Lucky's Comic Talk. We have our new sports show off the bandwagon. 60 Grit did a, a live viewing of the debates last night. If you're looking for a libertarian's perspective on the debates and how they went, uh, we are constantly putting out new content for you guys, so we would love to hear some feedback. Uh, tweet us at Bad Dinner Guest. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, comment below. Same with SoundCloud. Um, send us an email if that's how you do things. Everything we are, it's bad dinner guests. So, um, that being said, have a wonderful Columbus Day, because uh, I can't believe that's a thing. But, um, until next time... Happy Indigenous Murderer Day! He's been Lou, I've been Kevin. Hopefully it's been fun. We'll see you soon.